Oh, you're in charge now. Yeah, I'm starting I'm, shows. You know what? I'm going to be the do boss. Do you want to do a show? Yeah, I oh, want to do, do a show. Oh, you want to do a we'll show? We'll do a All show. Right, How's then. that? Let's do a show. See how I took it back. <clears throat> Hollywood adjacent. Live, Hollywood adjacent from Hollywood adjacent, aka nowhere near Hollywood, but closer than. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I am Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. All right. Yeah. So, uh, did it feel good to do your own intro this time? <clears throat> Remember when you used to be? I used to ask you to riff. Remember back in the day? Yeah, when we tried to so we tried to do ago. songs about. I would try to make up lyrics, but yeah. I can't. No. On the it's spot. Not your thing. Even though it is my thing in every other moment of my life. What do you mean? I can't, I'm caught like. If you could talk to Nicole, she'd like all I do is sing random nonsense. Do you sing over songs that people are trying to listen to, like in the car? And does it annoy her? Not all the time, but sometimes, and yes, I do it to the kids all the time. I'm well, that's because to shut up. But that's because you're just trying to annoy them. Right? I mean, you're just trying to sing over that's their nonsensical, annoying. crappy pop kid music. I or whatever. put their names in every song or an animal name in yeah. the house in the song. Sure, and they never say like, "Can I just listen to the song?" Because it's not as fun. That's why. Do your kids know about Weird Al yet? No. Why not? Why? What do you mean? Because it's great. I'm not. Again, this is not. This is not a platform to define the greatness of Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I'm just. I don't know why that happened. There we, should be no platform. He's great. That's it. There's no platform. I'm sure he is funny, but then again, it's like, would they understand half the stuff that he's talking about? Yeah. Well, especially his newer stuff that makes fun of the music that they listen to. Oh, he he's still doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it, yeah, and he it, just won a Grammy. Dude. Don't, don't like, okay. First off, do not make fun of me because I'm not familiar <laughs> no, with the like career one, arc. One of minute, right, 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 okay. But also, the time to enjoy him is when while you're young. Well, everybody, our guest, yeah, Dwayne sorry. Perkins. <laughs> I wasn't sure how this works. Comedian, no, you're right. We should have told you. We should have told you. You don't talk until the last five minutes, and then we bring. Yeah, you yeah, in. yeah. We actually we just plug whatever observe. crap you have, and then you just leave. Right, right. Yeah, take, did we call you a guest? No, they're called observers. We yeah. bring right, people in right. to observe our show. Hey, you want to come over and watch us do a podcast? Today? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What time do I have to be there? I have actually done some podcasts where it was so hard to actually be a part of the conversation that you almost said to yourself, "What? Why was I?" <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Because you know, and it's tough. I get that. Like, if you have like a, a show and you have this dialogue that you want to have, but you also want somebody else in. How do you get them in? But we just decided, think, like, we're just going to ask you questions, and then you're in. But right, right, to right. to say to somebody, "Hey, man, it's up to you if you got to you, you know you got to fight your 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 point of view," and it's like, well, I didn't know this was supposed to be a no, no. A you, word fight. I think that happens when you have like multiple. Like, we have 15 people on the show today. You yeah, know what I mean? Then it's like yeah. everyone's vying for time. But like, the purpose of this show is to talk to Dwayne and, and, and like <laughs> only Dwayne well it took us long enough every really episode us. is supposed to be just Dwayne um, those other 30 no one talked about you in the other 37 oh, episodes we tried that's upsetting yeah those <laughs> we other, tried calling you you didn't answer right, right. those other episodes were practice runs for when Dwayne finally made it <laughs> this is our final episode right, right that sounds like something you say girl like every other girl was just a practice paying me yeah. for you I don't and I still fucked it up that. god damn it do you seriously think a woman would appreciate that comment of course, you just got to keep that number low. You can't be like yeah. the, the thousand last, other the girls. The last two thousand seven hundred and thirty-three <laughs> chicks I fucked have all been leading up to you. Yeah, you got to keep that number low. And yeah. this herpes, <laughs> um, this sore for you. <laughs> this is all for you, uh, Dwayne, accomplished comedian, uh, writer, uh, and now uh, do we say filmmaker? Car- uh, uh, car- carpal, tu- carpal tunnel survivor. Uh, like, I read in a book. I read this book called or like, Bowler. Uh, 
How to Write Screenplays for Profit. I think the guys yeah. from um, yeah, Thomas Reno Lennon. 911 wrote it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's a part where they say, like, you're not right. If you don't have carpal tunnel, you're not writing enough. <laughs> and I actually had a carpal tunnel brace. So that made me feel. So you're like, like hey, so guys, you don't really I'm actually have carpal tunnel. You just got it because <laughs> right. you wanted to make the feeling. I'm a poser. It yeah, says yeah. here, I got to be, if I'm going to be a screenwriter, I got to have the carp tons. <laughs> Every time you're at Starbucks every morning, all this writing for uh-huh. success. Can you just hold the cup for me while I drink from it because my <laughs> carpal tunnel is acting up? Do you guys have carpal tunnel straws? Does it, is, does it act up or is it always painful? Uh, you know what it is? Uh, it only when, when I type. And it helps if I wear it while I sleep. Oh, okay. um, I find it's, if I sleep on a couch, I really need it. Because I don't know why, when I, sometimes I fall asleep on the couch, I do weird things. Like I wake up and you'll be twisting underneath like you. In and, my sleep, I'm yeah. trying to destroy my my yeah. wrist. I don't know what's happening, and so this this helps a lot. And not to not to crap on MacBooks or anything, because I I really like my MacBook. But it it's I used to have it a long time ago when I had a, a day job. Uh, since my MacBook, it's it's worsened. Really? Yeah, because the way see where there's this, no it's it's square and not. Uh, the other but, one's kind of sloped down, right? Well, also, it's like uh, this trackpad thingy Wider. far from the keyboard. So I can't put like a book here. Like there's nothing I can put here to – because when I have like a, a HP laptop, I, I just would put a book at the end of it oh, okay, to, to elevate rest. my wrist okay, and then yeah. I had no problem. I I really can't do that here. unless If I put something across the base of the keyboard here, then I'm covering up the trackpad. Right. Then I have to be the guy with the uh, external, external mouse. mouse. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Dude, you know? get they, they, that. You get don't want to ex- be the external Dude, mouse guy. How about this? For a long time, I had an external mouse and an external keyboard. That oh, went, wow. I spilled Coors Light all over my... <laughs> watching a Mars, the Mars rover... I'll, I, I just remember where I was when I did this for some reason, but I was watching the Mars rover on my computer in, like a, uh, in Omaha. Oh, uh, wow. I was in the comedy condo for the um, funny bone there, I think. I think. And uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. That's cool. And I'm like getting excited about the Mars oh. rover. And I knocked over an entire 24-ounce Coors Light oh. on my computer. I was like, oh, shit. And I just you know tried to clean it up and mat it out and dry it off. And it just shut down. And I was like, uh-oh. And then they got it to turn back on. But they were like, yeah, well, your keyboard's kind of fried. But you can just get an external keyboard for like 10 bucks. <laughs> there it is. So I did that. He coughs every episode. So I did that, and my boss, like the first time I pulled that out of my bag at work, he was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> right. I was like, "I got an external keyboard. I got this HP thing." He's like, "Just get a Mac. Just get a Mac." I was like, "Okay." Well, yeah, that's, like that's old guys' tech talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be external, external keyboard, and external. There's only one thing worse than than literally pulling out a keyboard. And using it for a device that has a keyboard. <laughs> and that is, uh, and I've seen this more than once, believe it or not, is the guy who brings his desktop to Starbucks. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. I've seen, that. that's something I, I you saw on a TV God, show. I swear yeah, to God. He also has a lot of other things in his car, right? That's the one where like, he has a lot of newspapers. Yeah, that's the guy and, who, yeah, yeah. who we don't know where he's living exactly. Yeah. And, he, puts and, a, he plugs a, hey, where can I put my modem? Like, you, what, <laughs> who the fuck is doing that? How are you that's doing that? Dude, that, that's that thing about... Go to the library if you want to use a fucking... Working customer service in places like that. Like, where's the line of, like, when you have to ask somebody, you know hey, what, dude, I'm this sorry, isn't but a, you can't... Yeah, it's not your public office. Yeah, you can't bring your desk but, Well, here's the problem with that. Hold my calls. Dude, you don't work here. Because that also says, by the way, I'm not leaving today. Yeah. Yeah, like, it You says, bring a desktop there's, there's not a lot that's like, I got to pack this up and take it to the next place. Absolutely. And Every and, hour. And you know that the, the problem with it is... Starbucks didn't write down rules for this. It's no, not like... They didn't expect this. They were <laughs> right. like, we're going to start a coffee shop and everyone's going to pretend like it's their fucking home office. Right. So when so when that, that manager comes over and goes, sir, uh, we don't really... 
We don't allow desktops. Oh, this the guy guy's can like, have his computer, but I can't have mine. <laughs> Fuck you. Show me where it's written yeah. that I can't bring my desktop. Bring the rule pamphlet out here. Let me have a look see. God damn. Two yeah. screens because he was editing. Oh, my God. A whole edit I suite. swear. I've seen all an avid machine. He's yeah, like, yeah. God, I'm just editing. It's not a big deal. Like It's kind of a big deal. Can you guys keep the lights down? Yeah. It's got to stay cool in here. Or the guy that the guy that has a, like uh you don't know what he's doing, but he's got like that electronic pen and he's just <laughs> is he designing? Is he drawing? Is that- he making you wonder what he's doing? <laughs> right. He's got nothing going on in his life. Why am I mesmerized by this dude? He's probably just drawing old band symbols like on his fourth yeah. grade notebook. So you are a public writer. Uh Meaning, yes. you like yes. to be in the general public. You need do you are you does your mind need activity crossing your paths at all times in order for you to focus? Meaning if you put yourself in your house, right. you're most likely going to accomplish Yes nothing. and no. You know, it's weird. Back, this all started because I used to have a roommate. This is going back five years ago. Okay. And uh, he was a good guy, but he was the kind of guy, like you, you joked about being on a podcast and not speaking. Uh-huh. Like we were roommates, but it was like his place, you know, and it just... Like, he just dominated the, the, the common area. Like, I wasn't a guy who needed to go anywhere. I would just sit up, just sit at a desk and do stuff. But, yeah. like, literally, his presence, it, 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 like, it seeped into my room. Like, it, it would just come under the crack of the door. Like, so I'd have to get out of there to, to just feel like I could get anything done. And uh, that's, when, that's when it started. And then I kind of liked it. I liked the noise, the, 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 like, I'm constantly, I drink tea all day. And you know, this chick's walking by. This is, I like the whole situation. Yeah, all right. So I don't. Are, are you an east side, or are you, are you do you stay on the adjacent when you write, or do you like to move around? I like to move around, but I do. I'm mainly in Pasadena. Okay. And, oh, okay. And, and okay. Highland Park and, and South Pass. But uh, I'll take my operation anywhere. Like, do you ever get crazy? Like, oh, I go to a fucking Starbucks in Malibu. <laughs> well, then, yeah. I mean, that's that's a commitment. <clears throat> Typically, I would have to have something going on over there. But like, if I have something to do somewhere at ten. Then I might just say, "Boom! I'm gonna get up here. at like five or six. That's go early. Shoot over there. What are you seeing at six o'clock in the morning up. at Starbucks? Oh, it is. It, or is it only Starbucks? Are you a Starbucks in? Mainly because okay. I'm I'm locked into the point system now, and I feel bad about that. But <laughs> are, you, are you a phone? So you're a phone payer? <laughs> yeah, I'm a phone payer. I got this Starbucks tattoo. I'm locked into the point system. Yeah. I signed a legal contract. I can't drink coffee anywhere else. Well, if you if you're like a local mom and pop place you can compete you just need to give me like a free cup of coffee a free cup of tea every 10th cup and i'll and I'll you just com- how many cups of tea do you have a day like is this paying off every day uh well st- here's the thing with the starbucks plan is uh once you become a gold member huh. <laughs> uh that first cup you pay That's for the inner circle john <laughs> it's the inner circle that first cup you pay for the other ones are completely free all right this is See? a lot like scientology is what it's sounding like uh <laughs> No, what's the other one? What's the other thing where it's the pyramid? Uh, uh, a pyramid. Mason. He's a ma- it's, oh, it's more like the Mason. He's a Freemason. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I get... The thing is, though... It's Mason-free coffee. Stone, stone cutters. <laughs> yeah. Simpsons. A lot of people don't know the policy, so I've had some guys, you know, they say things like, uh, do you just want more hot water? And I'm like, no, I want another tea bag. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. Another tea bag. Go ahead, do that. And, uh, you know, and it, they charge you 50 cents, but... It, you don't get charged. This I feel like you need to stop me from talking about this. This is I'm, like I'm digging a hole or something. Like, well, I'm just please I, save me. I wanted to like point out also that like as much as he's talking about tea, he's also wearing a sweater. You know what I mean? He's got nice, he's always nice well pants. Dressed. He's always, always well dressed. But, but, oh, yeah, but Banana Republic. But yeah. now you now that the more I think because I'm I'm used to seeing you on stage or seeing you're you at branded, a club. You're or, very branded. Yes, yes. When we worked at that movie, but I guess you know. I, I've never seen you out drinking like 55 cups of tea in a day and acting like Mr. Fucking Rogers. So it's like, right. okay, all right, that's... 
Where are you from originally? I'm uh, his. I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, Brooklyn, okay. New York, right. from Coney Island. That makes and, sense, uh, though. You're oh, you're a little bit on the hipster side, huh? Yeah. Well, no, no. But I'm that, from back then. I'm from pre hipster. Yeah, I'm way. Say, yeah, but I'm kind of locked now, into it now a little what bit. What was Brooklyn like for you growing up? Like, what what was the Brooklyn, the Oof. Coney Island that? Uh, well, you know, you don't know things are bad until you leave, right? So it's not like you just. Yeah, I you're thought used it was really it. that bad. Yeah. I mean, I thought it did get bad when the crack came in. New York had this big cleanup. Phase. And yeah, I can't yeah. remember when that took place, but were it you, was were like you pre Giuliani, or during that? I was during and, and pre uh, okay, pre that too. Okay. So late eighties. Yeah, you remember it was, crack coming? It in. was yeah. It was crack. <clears throat> it was it was bad. It was bad. I remember uh, one building that I used to live in, but I, I moved out of that building. Here's how bad it was. Like they fired their security guard system. Like it was just just a you know one of the mill security guards, and they brought in the FOI, which stands for Fruits of Islam. Like they brought in the the uh, Farrakhan guys. Wow. Because they just. In the hood, they get a little bit more respect. <coughs> yeah. Something they don't like. They wear those glasses. They, they don't, don't wear they police don't uniforms. They they yeah, dress different, yeah. but you know who they are. You know who they and are. They're intimidating because they don't you, talk. You, you hear stories like they all know karate and yeah. stuff like that. So they're not afraid to kill you, <laughs> right? But Back it, when karate sounds scary, <laughs> right? Right. They know karate. Oh yeah. yes. well, fuck, dude! I don't. So that's terrifying. <laughs> right. Exactly. And um, so I grew up in that in that Brooklyn. And the weird thing is, uh, it's like. I've had a fight. I have not had a fight in my adult life, which I'm very proud of. But uh, growing up, it was like weekly, daily fights. fights it really fights, was. Fights, so, fights. Yeah. Oh, so, and, yeah. and for what reason though? Was it was it was it an alpha male like <coughs> find your place kind of fights, or, or was just it just everybody reason. was just everyone was angry, oh, and was, so it just always turned into something? Just a lot of reasons. A lot of times, it, it was just uh, for me. Like, I just got to that limit. It was a critical mass of like these are the kids that 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 can fuck with me and we can curse right. These yeah, are the kids yeah. that can mess with me and I'll I'll, I'll I'll run from them and I couldn't add any anyone else to that list. It just the list was too big, yeah. right? So I remember riding my bike. It can't be everybody. Yeah, it can't be everybody. Y'all can't be on the list. <laughs> so I remember riding my bike and You're this, invited to my party. Yeah, <laughs> and this kid I wasn't that afraid of. I'm riding my bike and he goes, uh, and I'm on a bike. Like I'm, I passed him on a bike. He can't catch me. We're good. But he goes, uh, he just screams out. I'm going to rob your bike. I'm going to steal your bike, you know, or take your bike. Yeah. I, I hit the brakes, Come get, get off, it. and I just lump them up. Just, I don't, there's no talking. I just punch <laughs> him in the face like six times. Wow. I get back on the bike like, you are not going to take my bike. And not only that, <laughs> now you're never going to think about taking no. my bike or even yelling at me again. Yeah, that's not going to happen with <clears> you. And Now, another kid, I may have pedaled just a little faster. Yes. Yeah, so. Chase me, motherfucker. Right, right. Get it. You know, I forget, <clears throat> um, there's been a, you know, that's the beauty of Netflix. There's so much information and every once in a while, um, you, I stumble across some documentaries talking about uh, uh, New York back in the day or you watch older movies from like the 70s in New York and the you forget that shithole. it literally does, it really it, it was. doesn't oh. look like the Disneyland that it looks like now it really was there were there were like burnt out like whole portions of the cities that were just yeah. dilapidated yeah. and vacant it was really and, bad and like 42nd Street oh man it was fun because back then you go to 42nd Street you see two movies for the price of one Either two karate flicks or whatever they were playing. You, you it was two movies, but it was you were taking life, you know, your life into your own hand. Right. But we would go down there all the time because, like, two movies of Price of One, we just couldn't. That, it was mind. We could see two movies, but we <laughs> right. only pay for what? Does that even right. exist anymore? Back then, anywhere? it was probably like the, the cost of a movie was like. A couple it's like bucks. four, four or five dollars. Yeah. You see two movies. And, yeah. 
And just, did you have brothers and sisters? I did, but they were a lot younger than me. They, oh, okay. they don't, they don't, they never experienced the the New York I experienced. That how much younger? Uh, Eleven years younger. Well, my uh, okay, my stepsister is like two years younger than me, but my brothers and sisters like. We're all from islands, believe it or not. Like, I'm from Coney Island, which is really a peninsula. But my siblings are from Roosevelt Island, which people don't even know about. It's just a small little island underneath the uh, 59th Street Bridge. Okay. Uh, it's in, in the East River. It's night and day. Like, they grew up, like, with just enough New York. You know, the slang... They, they're, they're but very, that island is so small, isn't it? It's, it's, you could throw a rock across the whole thing, I promise you. I think I've seen it when yeah. I was like, do people live there? And yeah. it's like, there's like five houses or something. <laughs> it's like the tiniest. Well, they keep building on it, but across, it's like a mile and a half long, right? Okay. And people in, and not oh even people God, in New York know about own, it. Like, but across, it's, it's like not two blocks across. Like, I'm serious. Uh, yeah, it's you that can throw tiny. a football all the way across. Let's go but, out and play baseball. Oh, we lost the ball in the river again. Yeah. We're done. Oh, we yeah. lost the ball in the river but again. But probably 3,000 people live there because they, they, they have so many uh, high rises. Yeah. And uh, that's where they grew up. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a different little island I saw because I'm I, I've never seen something like there is like Gilligan's? eight people. If anybody lives on there. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm thinking it's like a three hour tour of some kind. <laughs> right, right. And then something. But then the Harlem Globetrotters were there, so that was good. So yeah, they they grew up on that island, and it's good. It's it's good. It's good growing up without violence if you can if you can help it. You I, know, I, I yeah. good words, I, good words, it. good words of wisdom. For yeah. You there. yeah, put that so, on a fortune cookie. Which is yeah. interesting that that um, I would never would have pegged you for the guy that was getting into fights growing up. I think I my, I only ever got into two. Right, and it was just more of like the more of a Hulk rage fight where someone just wouldn't leave me alone, and I was like, if I got a fight, I was not a fighter, you know. And I, I always assumed that most people that I know, like, you can feel that energy like, oh, this person used to always get in some fisticuffs, Does right? not mind mixing it up. I would never have pegged you as the guy right, right. willing to get but off his also, bike and get in a fight. there's a little bit of that, like, smiles a lot, real <laughs> friendly now, but like back in the day, like, I could see, like, it's like Denzel in uh, The Equalizer. Like, yeah. he doesn't have, you don't have to say a lot. He doesn't have to say a lot. It's like he's like, look, you're gonna take me for this or you're not, and that's the deal. And I just think there's a lot of there's a calmness about Dwayne that says to me, I would never sneak up behind him and go, yeah, yeah, yeah take a fight, and then you right, know, right, get an elbow to the face or something. Did you? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you I go. would, yeah. I would sneak up on other people and tickle fight them. Oh, uh, okay, that's good to know. Is that on Craigslist? Is that on Craigslist? You <laughs> Watch your back. Misconnections. Uh, I tried to tickle fight you on the subway. No, there's actually a thing. That's you tickle ran fighting, cuddle oh. parties. Yeah, there's a whole section. Well, then, yeah, I'm gonna go to the tickle fight. Um, section of Craigslist. <laughs> How long did you uh, live in that? I mean, so basically, uh, take us like you travel till I was eighteen, and then, eight, and then you, yeah, till I went to college in Long Island. Yeah, and um, yeah, I don't think I had, I didn't have any fights in college either. Just I like, would like to believe at some point you'd be like, listen, I have to fight my way through everything. Yeah, we well, you know too. The thing is that these fights are when I'm I'm like a little kid. Like by the right. time I'm like. My last fight fight was like 14, I think. So high school kind of calmed down, which is yeah, odd. You don't yeah. really think that's when the testosterone well, kicks in hardcore. It and- is, but like where I'm from, like uh, I'm the type of guy, you can tell me something and like I don't fact check it. I just, I just do it. Like someone told me, like, uh, just, like I had a job and they brought in this corporate coach and she just p- mentioned in passing, like we were eating, she mentioned in passing, uh, you know, you, your food digests better if you don't drink while you eat it. You should wait like 15 minutes. And I was like, okay. And I did that for like 10 years. Like I never, you know what I mean? Never fact checked it. Never like, <laughs> right hey, here. doctor, is this right about <laughs> right, digestion? Right, right. So <laughs> I heard somewhere that like for a black man, right, 
the the greatest risk of getting shot and killed was like, like until you're 25, right? Then it like drops down. So like by the time I was like 15, I was like I can't really get into fights anymore because people have guns, people and have people guns, have fucking knives, and yeah. it's not just you and some kid yelling about a bike. Right, it's a guy who's now got his you know his fucking he's got to prove himself and show you what he a has a worse tough life guy. at home. Exactly, yeah. right? And, I think and, you have a joke about that whole thing of like. People, what, what are, what are people, you know? But there's a football, there's a football joke, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. What like, they're playing for, exactly, there's exactly. Different sides of the park, right? You know, and, and it doesn't really matter how tough you are, even if you're from the same place. Once it's established that you have something to live for, and they may unfortunately not, and you, you, that's not a person you can fight. You no, know what I mean? no, if you can yeah. help it, yeah. yeah. So I begin to have something to live for. Not that I was a comedian yet, but like. You know, you could see uh, like college you was going to happen. You wanted a future. And, you yeah. wanted to live. Right. And was that ingrained in you through your family? Are you? Are you? Do you come from? <clears> a, uh, what were your parents? Are your parents um, stayed together? I, no, no like they're not. Parents stay together. No, anymore, no, no. But. They're not educated. Super educated. My grandmother a little bit. Um, my grandmother was from the south. She's very like. Uh, she made her share of mistakes, but she still had that southern way about her, and and like, black people say things like. You know, act uh, act your age, not your color. That's a that's the thing black people say, uh, which means act the right way. You know, so yeah, college was always because I, I I did well in school. It became a thing. It wasn't like I'm from a place where people go to college. Okay, it was just sort of like, and it wasn't like people. No one, you know, my family was like, do your homework and all of that. I just kept bringing home A's, and they were like, oh shit, well. Maybe you should go to college. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to be applying yourself with no so, outside pressure. So, so you right. actually, you know, I, I, I personally, I hated high school. Like, right, I, right, I was, right. I did whatever I had to just to get by. Like, right, C right. plus for me was a victory, but, and I'm fine with that. So I always wonder the mind of someone who's not being pushed to get A's. Like, right. what, was it just for you? Like, do you think, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way for you to answer it, but like, uh-huh. was, was homework kind of easy for you? Um. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, high school wasn't super easy because there was a lot of it, and I had a job, but it wasn't too bad. Whenever I applied myself, it was quite easy. And I think the only bad thing is not knowing your, your, your competition. Like, the reason why you see, like, NBA, uh, you know, NBA players and their sons become NBA players, it's not only genes. It's context. It's it's that far like it's like like Steph Curry, Steph Curry's father Dale told him when he was in high school. You kind of shoot from the hip. You got to change your whole shot. Like who else is going to tell you to change your? And it goes in, right? Your current shot goes in, right? But your dad goes, Fix that it. that shot is done. You got to. It won't work. And he spends the whole summer changing his shot, right? Um, so that was my only downfall was like being a little bit better than people around me and not knowing. There were people better than me or as good as me. You didn't have the mentor not, not per seeing se. Them every day, or somebody right. challenge you to <laughs> right, say, "All right, right, listen, you can take it to the next level." Right, right. You, but but I still an, did all right. Yeah. Uh, athletics? Did you do? Were you an athletic guy? Or Basketball you more, a little bit, little bit. Basketball a little bit. A little but, bit. But, but academia was yeah. kind of where you were at. They okay. called me whiz kid where I'm from. Like I was the only one in my neighborhood to have a computer. Like Ooh. one of one or two to have a computer. Your and, desktop that you brought out at Starbucks. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> I mean, I mainly played games where people would come and, you know... And met older men online? Right, right, yeah. On accident <laughs> chat rooms that you I weren't supposed to be in? I played games and chat rooms. For your twelve ninety five, you paid for AOL? I had, right, I had right. nine AOL discs, <laughs> yeah. seven hours apiece. Everyone's like, oh my God, Dwayne's a wizard. <laughs> That's great. Those uh, People have no idea what it was like. That that open world of the first... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I even yeah. look, Getting it, that disc and going, oh my God, if I put this in... 
Huh. There's a whole world out there I get to talk to. And then it's just some guy going, what's your name? How old are you? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like the first thing that happens to you is just an attack it's, on your... It's like it was, the, it was the modern... It was the, it was the first like... Uh, chat roulette kind yeah. of deal. Like, yeah, just yeah. put it in and exactly. whoops, there's a dick. All yeah. right, great. Um, when, so did you do theater? Like, where did your desire to become an entertainer, when did it start? When did, when was the inkling movies, of it? Those two for it's ones? It's tough. You know, I, was, I would uh, make people laugh, but but people know me completely. I'm, I'm like a, I'm an all-purpose person. Like, I'm, I'm a okay. completely different person in different settings. So like, my family on my father's side, they heard I was doing comedy. Like, he doesn't even talk. Like, how's he doing comedy? <laughs> Like so, they knew me as just a smart, quiet guy. My mother's side of the family thought I was funny, and growing up, people in my neighborhood some thought I was funny, some thought I didn't talk at all. Uh, I think I, I, I played in the Wiz when I was like in fifth grade, Ooh. the Scarecrow in the Wiz, because my music music teacher heard I could dance because I used to pop a little bit. Oh yeah, um, pop and pop and lock, pop lock that, and uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, can you yeah, give us so. a demonstration for the listeners. <laughs> right, right. Oh my God, that's will, awesome, right, Dwayne. Right, yeah. Great moves. That's impressive. <laughs> So yeah, I don't I don't know. I think and then in college I started like doing more things. I think it happened like I was always a fan of comedy, stand up. And then it wasn't until college I realized, oh, I could do stand up and so So you actually started cool. doing stand up in college. Fairly early to learn to figure it out. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Well what happened was um this guy I knew, we did a we did a show at school, um, where we it was like the Apollo at my college and we tried to rap me and this other guy tried to rap he was actually better than I was his name was Magic Juan he actually went on to be a pretty big rapper in like Latin America Magic Juan Magic Juan hilarious and uh, I think he's Dominican but he, he rapped in Spanish sure. and he did his thing so we, he never got to his part of his rap because I we got booed when I was <laughs> rapping right so <laughs> You, like, you start, we'll finish with thunder, and you're like, "No, nah, we're not going to get past me. I suck." <laughs> so we got booed, and here's the thing the about clown rap. come and sweep you off the stage. <laughs> yeah, it was the whole, you know. <clears throat> yeah, but the rap though is like, they have to know the song. Either that, or you have to be really aggressive, right? Okay. They don't know the song. It's like, what is this, right? So we, anyway, one of the guys who was my backup dancer, we we had the whole thing. Uh, like he came back two years later one summer. And he's like, oh, I, do, I, I started stand-up. I'm like, what do you mean, start a stand-up? He's like, I, I do stand-up. And Isn't I was that like, where when you first hear it, you're like, what, yeah. tell me what more you about this? You just do stand-up. Yeah. That you you assume that there's, there's some weird path. That Training was, yeah. camp. Right. You so go. you were completely, you became like intrigued at that moment of like, yeah, what is yeah. this all and about? And he's a funny guy, but I'm like, you're doing stand-up. Yeah. What the I'm fuck? I'm funnier than you, <laughs> pal. <laughs> Sit down. So, and then like, the, what people don't, here's the thing. Uh, I had a job interview one summer. At Microsoft, which is crazy. I don't even know how I talked my way into this to like test software. You had a computer when you were ten. They fly me out to to Seattle, and uh, to this day, my mother told me to write a thank you letter, and I didn't write the thank you letter, and I think that hurt me because I also realized I answered one question wrong, and I should have. I didn't get the job, but I had already written down if I don't get this Microsoft job, I'm going to start stand up. So that's what you wrote down. Instead of a thank you letter, you have a note to yeah. yourself somewhere that says, yeah, I wrote, get this. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. Oh, uh, no, mean, I don't uh, still have it. Was yeah. the thank you letter supposed to tell them thank you for not hiring me because now I've... No, but before... <laughs> oh, before, before, before I, that. Yeah, before, like right after. Thank you for meeting with me. Thank, thank you for meeting with me. Oh, you know, I answered that one question wrong, blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I think I was a little nervous at the interview. And uh, but dude, nerves are never good. Like, I'm learning now that like, when I was a kid, I used to be like such a dick. So, so overconfident and then I'm like being around other people I felt like oh this is no way to be 
And I think I, I, I went too far the other side. I think it's okay to be a little... Yeah, you to know, believe in I, yourself and what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm back to like talking my shit, my Brooklyn shit. You know what I mean? You know, not always, but certain circles. But there's a difference yeah. between, well, there's a difference between like talking shit and then <clears throat> like you're also outdoing things. Like if you're just a guy I knew who I did stand up with every once in a while and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to write a movie or I'm going to do this. It's like, okay, yeah, we're all going to do a lot of shit. Right, right. But you actually went out and you did some of these things. So it's like, okay, then you, you're you're working towards a goal. You're working to move forward and that... I mean, you must like, you must enjoy it. Which, oh, yeah. which brings you to my, you. My, uh, my, my overall question, which was, was stand-up the driving force for you? Like, did you want to be a stand-up? Was that the priority? Or were you thinking to yourself, I'm more interested in, like, television or film or directing? or you know, Like, what was your... I don't think I thought about it at all that, that, that deeply. But okay. I wanted to be funny. I wanted to be a stand-up. And then, actually, I think a lot of the acting and stuff... Which is great, and I, I do it. Once you come to LA, you you gotta expand your hustle, right? Yeah, I don't think you have to, but I think it, it's for someone like you. Or I've, I think it's important that we all do as much as we can, right, right, without narrowing it down to like I'm just a commercial actor, I'm just a fucking comedian, I'm <laughs> right, just. Right. And I, and so, <clears throat> it's been fun to expand. I think I like telling stories at the end of the day, okay. and um, so yeah, I, I I sometimes I wish I'd stuck like. I stayed in New York maybe another year or two. I mean, I was in Boston, actually. I moved to Boston, but I wish I stayed in New York a little longer and focused primarily on stand-up. Um, but I like my life. You know, I like what I'm doing here. But I do think I was kind of in with those New York guys who, like, you know, they don't like L.A. guys. They think it's not the purest form and blah, blah, blah. They just want to be on TV. Yeah. So when I moved out here, I think they some of my New York people cast me away. And uh, divorce. Yeah. And how many yeah. of them are out here now? Some of, a lot of them. A lot. <laughs> and of how many of them stopped doing comedy? The ones that didn't move out here. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good for them. So, um, tell me, do you remember the first time you uh, decided where, where and and when you did absolutely? Your yeah, yeah. The first time. Absolutely. So you do you remember your that? first joke? Uh, I remember my first set of jokes. I'm not sure what I did first. Well, what happened was that guy that I knew was doing comedy. I didn't get the job at Microsoft. Instead, I was working at some like. Uh, uh, like HR benefit firm. I had a, I had a summer gig though, and uh, then I went to the Black Expo, which is a thing that happens in cities all around the country where it's a showcase of black businesses. Like okay. you're talking about like early '90s, so it's like support black businesses, and you go and you learn, and you know they have deals and all that stuff. And there's a comedy club there. Oh my god, you guys are having secret meetings. Yeah, <laughs> I, had, I did not know about this thing at all. I didn't know there was a thing like that. Yeah, so there's a comedy club. Look at yourself in the mirror and you understand why you weren't excited. <laughs> why did no one send me the memo? I think you might be a little white. Well, I think I think there are white people there, though. Sure, this of course. This is Jacob Javits Center in uh, New York City, West Side, and uh, the convention center. So there's a comedy club there. I walk up to them. I go, oh, how? how do you do comedy? How do you start? And they go, oh, come every Wednesday. We have a showcase on Wednesday. We do the open mic on, on uh, the, the, the new, they call it the New Jacks. We did a New Jacks segment on Sunday. I'm like, okay, but... And uh, as I'm telling you the story, I'm realizing how much me and my little brother are alike because he has such, he's way, way beyond me. His tunnel vision is is epic. I'll tell you stories about it. It's okay. epic. But I'm realizing this was a bit bit of tunnel vision. So they told me that. Uh, that Wednesday, I went to a, the, the little meeting and they, they it was like a like an hour thing and they go, here's a joke, it's a set up, you know, premise set up punch. Well, they, they, so they, they actually, class, they, like they, a thing, like yeah, yeah. So before you took the stage, you're like, listen, we'll we'll help you figure yeah, out what they comedy were, they is. They were amazing. And it and it was um actually I'm gonna I'm not even kidding you. In the, that room with me, like guys who wanted to do comedy, it's me, it's Tracy Morgan, 
uh, Rich Pierre, right? And we're fucking just sitting there, and the guy's telling us, uh, named Ontario Ivy, who's passed away, he's, he's showing us comedy. And, and then that Sunday, I go to a show just to watch. I see Tracy Morgan get on stage for the first time ever. I, don't, I, don't, I never really tell this story. He fucking kills. Oh, really? He's he was amazing. just amazing. Get go. He was just like, he's, by the way, yeah. I'm fucking hilarious. He's amazing. <laughs> like, his, his final bit was like, uh, it was a Buster Rhyme thing. He did a parody, and I did a parody too when I finally. He did a parody of uh, the scenario, and like, here we go, yo. Here we, here go. we go. Yeah. What's so, the, what's so he the says, he's like, he's like, Buster Rom has. It, was, it killed, trust me. It's not going to kill right now. Right. But he goes, <laughs> he goes uh, he's like, oh, Buster Rom has those big dick sucking lips. Everyone just loses it. And it, then he starts doing Buster Rom, and he goes, as I combine all the dicks I could find. And everyone just <laughs> fucking. Everyone loses it. Everyone completely loses it. Uh, Did so, you have to follow him? No, no, was that, oh. I didn't go that week. Oh, so, okay, okay. So Wednesday, I go to the Uptown for the little seminar. Friday, I go to the Improv. In like not that's this is all in Harlem. What I'm telling you. Okay. Friday, right. I go to like the the like a regular mainstream show. I see um, William Stevenson and some other people at the Improv. That's a good show. And then Sunday, I see Tracy. The next Sunday, I I, I go on stage and I I do I do five minutes. And I, I I kill, you know. Then the next Sunday I bomb. Were you but the first were, one? But did so you the first prepare? One, you had that beginner's luck. You had I that. Killed, yeah. Uh, you, I but killed. did you prepare a lot? Yeah. Were you like, all right, I got. Okay. I mean, well, were you a memorizer? I don't know or if were I you pre- a, just did you? Are you, did you go up and go? All right, here's my idea. No, no, I I had some jokes ready. I okay. had uh, just stupid stuff. Um, I had something like my girlfriend won't blow my horn, and you know, and then <laughs> something like how did that how did that joke go? It was in, it was basically her sister. I was gonna like get her sister to blow me, or her sister had been blowing me, <laughs> as opposed to her. But it was all blow your horn. Then I did my own. I did a two parodies. I did a Stevie Wonder Junk Food Fever <laughs> instead of Jungle Fever. It was what if Jungle Fever was written for Roseanne Barr? <laughs> I, I think it would have gone a little something like this. And I put the glasses on, and I I've got junk food fever. Can't say no to pizza, and it's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me there wasn't a little bit of Weird Al inspiration at all. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my god! And then I do Michael Jackson. Do you? Rem- I was the first one to do it. Not, not proud of this, but uh, I saw some guys do it after, and I, I let it let it go. But uh, I did. Do you remember the time when I used to be black, Michael Jackson? And um, yeah, and that was that. Yeah, oh that's a god. lot in five minutes, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, did it's, it seem it's, like forever? It did, but and it's also not it's it's not a precursor of like what I was going to become as an, in no, terms of a no, writer. It was no. really weird. Like even saying it, I'm like uh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to point a point. The funny yeah. thing is that you don't do anything like that anymore. You're not up right. there doing parodies. You're not putting on fucking glasses, being Stevie Wonder. You don't even do impressions. You go up no, there and no. you basically you do you tell stories about right right. This is not your, your experience was. This is this is what I always told people. The first time I desired to do stand up, I watched it a couple times, and then I knew that I had a a a. a Booked a gig, right? It was at a comedy club, <coughs> and uh, in, in Wisconsin, in, in Milwaukee. Yeah. So you knew before and, you came. And out. the minute, because you know, there's that threshold, right? Like the anxiety, yeah. and then there's that first step on stage. Like it's a different world. Like there's that you're part of the audience, part of the audience, part of the regular world. Step onto the stage, everything, your whole dynamic exactly. of the world changes. Yeah. And I've always told people that, in for me. That once that perspective changes, because no one really understands, they don't see what you see. So when you get up there, you either realize at that moment you're comfortable and you go, I could I can live up here. And it, and then regardless of how you do, right, kill, right. not kill, eat it, 
Did it feel like you belonged up there? Absolutely. I, I, I realized after my first set, when I walked away, I was like, I can do this. I, I actually really liked being up there. As weird and the anxiety, all the weird things that go on in your head, I was okay with it all was of all worth I, it. I, will, I will never yeah. not be afraid to go up there again. Definitely, definitely. And, and you know... And even if you are afraid, you'll never let that stop you from going up there. No, never no. let it stop you. Just, you yeah. So when you went up, did you feel like I belong up here? Absolutely, like, it's absolutely. a weird thing to think. But I remember dating uh, this girl I was dating at the time. She lived in Baltimore, and uh, I was sort of giving her the play-by-play. And she was like, you know, how did it go? Blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, it went well. And she was like, oh wow, that's great. Congrats. And I was like, but even if it had gone bad, this is what I'm doing. This thing. This is what I'm doing. And yeah. And I, I was, I was all over the place. I was also at the time. I was dropping on this hip hop dance class from time to time, and I went to this hip hop dance well rounded, dance buddy, class. Well rounded, and I swear to you, I got recognized at the hip hop dance class. I had someone done saw you on stage once, <laughs> once ever. And this girl at the hip hop dance class was like, "You're a comedian, right?" And I was like, "Uh, uh say yes, yeah, say yes. labeled." <laughs> and it was that that kind of fueled it too. I mean, she like it was literally that week. She said, "You're a comedian," not like. Oh, you tried to do comedy. Yeah. Right? I saw you struggle through five minutes of nonsense the other day. You're not going to do that again, are you? Right. So this is um, so this was in Harlem your first time. And yes, did you kind of stay in that area, or how did you develop? And you st- you said that you yeah. stayed. So well, what happened to me is that I was still in college. So okay, I, I, I did. I was doing it like once in a blue when okay. I was home. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. you didn't do it out. You didn't do it. You, you didn't only do it, did at it back home, huh? Right. Well, no, only no. Back, see, college was Long Island, and home was the city. But there was nothing in, by, by college, there was nothing there. Or you just didn't have the time. No, I would just, when I went back to school, I would like host shows. They, I, I would host uh, talent shows and things oh, like that. Oh, okay, but and not I would, traditional stand. And I'd be funny in between, but mainly cracking jokes on people I knew kind of thing. And when I went home to visit my mom, I'd dip in and go to Harlem and try to do a show. So okay. it was like, the progress wasn't. But Me, do meanwhile, you think you were only uh-huh. comfortable doing comedy kind of where you were from? Um, no, you know, not really. I didn't. You just didn't that's all I knew, right? Go, and, yeah. and it was actually the reverse, really. And, and You'd rather and, do it anywhere else. <laughs> and the reason why I was a clean comic, too, is because uh, they, at the time, I've always like looked younger than I was. And I was in my 20s, but they didn't buy it. So I think... I couldn't be dirty, you know. It was like, yeah, you couldn't be. I'm eating meaning, pussy and like, yeah, they were like, like, they were like, that's to ride not, a bike without training you. Wheels. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about the audience. So the you, audience, you, right? You, you had this vibe, and you thought to yourself, okay, I'm doing this joke, and they're not buying it because of the way I look. Right? They okay. dictated to me that I was going to be clean, yeah, because they, I looked younger than I was, and they just didn't buy it. The kid, you were the kid. Yeah, the kid shouldn't yeah. be that way. And also, you're still pretty clean, right? I'm still pretty clean. That's what started. So it's like I started clean in black rooms, which is weird. Like, had I started not in black rooms, I may have been dirty. But but black like the guy after me and before me was gonna talk about pussy. Yeah. And they were like, Well, we don't want you to talk about that. Just do something else. Yeah. They they it was it, that's what I at least that's what I got from them. Also my grandmother was still alive, my siblings were re- really young. So in my mind I was always like wanted to be able to do a show that they could see and so that kinda That's a pretty uh Yeah. That's a nice, noble I, I like that attitude. But you also don't get you a lot more work in the long run. Yeah, well, that's what yeah, I was going to yeah. say. Hey, how I mean, well it does. The truth of the matter, it does. You're right. There's more opportunities. It really does. Paid yeah. opportunities. Corporate gigs. Yeah. Right. Like, right. I, mean, it, I, think it, I think superstardom, maybe being dirty, can help. If you're dirty and vulnerable. Like, you just can't be dirty. But if you're right. dirty and yeah. you're Richard Pryor, you know, um, I, do, I do think kids like to sneak in and watch something that's dirty. And, and sure. so you get that... that that thing but clean definitely worked and i what happened with me is i got a job in boston 
when I graduated. So is that where you really kicked off your yeah, career? Yeah, right. Okay. Exactly. So then, so then, like, because that's how you. That's how when I first met you, someone tells yeah. you he's a Boston comic, and I was yeah, like, oh, I, okay. I am a Boston comic in that sense. So that's how you identify yourself. Yeah, okay. because I'm, I was an open micer still. I was by that time I was still doing comedy only in Harlem and sometimes like in a village, and then I moved to Boston, and then. It was all that scene, and that was all I was doing at that point. Now, everybody talks about how hard New York is. Yeah. I've heard it is not easy to get into the Boston scene. I is don't that know. not true? It wasn't that hard for me. I think uh, I think Boston comics destroy, and it's it's a really great place to learn comedy. Okay. And for, it's weird because my, my, my pacing is not typical of a Boston comic, probably because I'm actually from New York, but um, it's a good place to learn comedy. I don't know if it's hard to get in. I think New York is harder, but I think Boston is a better training ground. And like Patrice O'Neill, who's from Boston, Bill Burr, Dane Cook, Gary Goldman, Bobby Kelly. These are yeah. the guys. They, like me, I forget that Bobby Kelly started yeah, uh, yeah. in Boston. Me yeah. and Gary were in the same class. Those guys were a little bit about, a little bit ahead of us. And those guys went to New York and just, it was like, it was child's play. When they got to New York, it was like, they it was a seismic boom because- they were in Boston. They were killing so hard. Yeah. Under the the guys above us, like the old school guys like Frank Santarelli, Kevin Knox, got rest his soul, and uh, you know Don Gavin and Steve Sweeney. The, these guys destroy. And what do you think it is? It's it's Boston is a is it's it's repressed. The whole it's an angry England. place. It's a everyone's funny. So if you're going to be a comic, you have to be that much funnier because everyone's funny. The the cab driver is funny. The guy at Seven Eleven is funny. Everyone is hysterical. Everyone is cynical as fuck. Yeah. Sarcastic as fuck. So you have to... Just busting balls constantly. Constantly busting balls. So if you're going to be like the guy they go to see, what, what do you got to... Yeah, to you be, better be funnier than my next door neighbor, Larry. Right. Because he just fucking made fun of my fat wife the other day. Right. And it made me laugh my ass. Well, so then this this is interesting to me then, but you didn't adapt to that style, yet you, you succeeded in there. So why do you think right. that that was? I think it's the difference probably. Yeah, I just... I, it, I don't know. It's sort of like uh, no, not from the audience standpoint, but you know, I mean, as you know, comics, a lot of com- comics right. usually have to rise you up, right? They they right. finally kind of go, "All right, you're in. We'll we'll let you go. We'll let you pass." Well, so you know, I don't. I probably wasn't conscious of it, but just being different, mm-hmm. you know. So if they were go- talking fast, I was talking slow. But if I could make the jokes hit hard enough, then I had my thing, you know. Also, I was I was back then. I was really good friends with Patrice, so I'm sure he had a, an impact on me that I. You know, wasn't quite aware of at the yeah. time. Yeah, and how and so how long did you stay in Boston before you're like, all right, I guess I got to go to New York? Or is that, is like, that kind of uh, what ends up happening? You kind of have yeah. to you feel like I got to graduate. Well, I got to go. Was there a weekend and then I just took off for New York? That's what happens. I'm from New York, so I'm starting to dip down into New York. Back then, I got an 800 pager number. Yeah, so I told two or three clubs in New York that I lived in New York, and when I was still living in Boston, still working, and they would page me like that the day of or the day before. And I would drive from Boston to New York, which is like four hours, and just do the set. Jeez. And then, and then when you say do the set, how much time? <laughs> 10, 15 10, minutes. 15 minutes yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do the set, and then either uh, drive right back to Boston. So, like, get off stage at like 9, 10, drive back to Boston. Oh, man. And go to work the next day, or go to my mom's place in New York Sleep. and get up at like 4 a.m. and drive straight to work. To, wow. You know, to get to work at like eight, 
and be at my desk eight or nine. I get it, man. I used to do it yeah. when I first lived out here. I lived in San Diego, and I would get a I would get a gig up here in Los Angeles. And you know, there was a lot of times where it's like it's three o'clock in the morning, and you're like, "Do I stay here? Do I go?" Like you, you drive out. A lot of time is spent getting to and from a gig for seven to ten oh, to fifteen minutes. That's you the put, work. You, you could put anywhere work, from yeah. three to eight hours. Yeah, just to get those ten. And to even in minutes. Boston, I used to go to New Hampshire on Tuesday nights to do like a five or ten minute set. And that was like an hour and a half. So it was like a lot of, yeah. And so I think what happens is you have to time it just so, right? Because if you do that and you get it to a, good, a certain point and then you come to LA or then you go to New York and you have to do it again, that's where some guys say, fuck that. I'm not doing yeah. all of that again. Yeah. So you have to time it just so. So you, you have to have enough in a tank to, put, to, to pay a little bit more dues. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a good I, point because you're right. Once you go somewhere like in New York or LA, you kind of, I mean, unless you've already blown up or already have a TV show, you yeah. have to kind of start, you know, oh, towards yeah. the bottom. And I, like, I didn't come here until I did Conan. I had, I, had, I had a Conan under my belt and I still couldn't get in with every club. Right. Even with a Conan. When, in, in New York, a Conan has more weight, but okay. I was here doing coffee shops. So it was like, you know. Yeah. And you were, did, were not expecting that. You're like, I uh, did fucking Conan, everybody. Why am I at... I wasn't, but I didn't... I, I adjusted pretty quick. I was like, oh, I guess that's what it is. And this started your love of coffee shops. Yes. <laughs> Bringing it back around, everybody. How long, uh, how long did you uh, do comedy in New York before you uh, came on uh, to Los Angeles? Well, I really didn't. Like, so, oh, okay. I, I mean, I, I was an open micer in New York. Then I moved to Boston, got my legs, and then I was planning my trip Planning to move back to New York, and okay. I moved here instead. I you accidentally oh, okay. drove. Right. I took a right turn on my way right, down. Right. right, So you only ever just dabbled in New York per se. Yeah, like I'm, you know, like I never got in with the cellar. I'm in with the with Gotham. Uh, but I, this is all post now. This is after you. Yeah, you've, right, right. You know, you've done prior your... to that. I was doing. It doesn't exist anymore. I was doing a Boston comedy club in New York. It was very confusing. That, no, that's <laughs> that's where I think I met you. That could be. Yeah, I, think that, so. I could I, see that. Yeah, I literally. Do you know? Remember Ramsey Moore? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't yeah. Uh, he passed away. Yeah, I right? did. He passed yeah, yeah. away last year, unfortunately. But uh, he was. He came on Punked once, and he was like, he was uh, he was always on the show. But one of his first times on the show, he's like. Hey, aren't you a comic too? And I go, yeah, oh yeah, you do stand up. He's like, yeah, I run this room at the Knitting Factory. So I started going down there, and he's like, he's like, I said, I one day I mentioned like, man, I'd love to get out to New York. He's like, oh, you've never done comedy in New York? I was like, no. And he's like, oh, okay. And he calls Wayne Rada, who then like, I understand. Oh, Wayne I remember is, Wayne. Yeah, yeah, Wayne is like liked by some people, disliked by other people. He's he's up and down, but but he just goes, he gets a hold of me. He's like, yeah, if you're ever in New York. Ramsey says you're funny. Call me. I'll put you on at the Boston Comedy Club. I was like, okay. Well, I'm coming out to New York, and I flew myself out there. And I <laughs> oh, like, wow, and that's I, crazy. I, fl- I flew it, myself out do. there. Yeah. yeah, I stayed at a hotel <clears throat> like near Central Park, which is not near the Boston. Com- no like, way. I had no idea where I was. <laughs> I, I maneuvered New York all by myself to get to the Boston Comedy Club. This girl I went to college with was in the back, and Jay Davis was the only other person in the room I recognized. Wow, because he was out there from out of town. And the guy goes, hey. I'm going to put you on after Jay Davis. I go, okay, great. And Jay had one of the better sets I've ever seen Jay have. And I was like, oh, good, cool. And then I went on, and I, for some reason, changed a few jokes around because I thought, different audience, it's not LA. Right. And I think that hurt me a little, but I think, all in all, it was an okay set. Oh, cool. And the guy was like, yeah, dude, that was good. Just try to loosen up a little more. 
uh, and come back to the middle show and then do the late show. So I literally went around the corner, did another show, came back, did a show. Oh, nice. I did nice. five shows in one night and was like, well, if this is New York, I fucking, I, I like it. But, the, but I do feel like Boston Comedy Club was the first place that I saw you or met you. Yeah, that was, it, it was called the Boston Comedy Club because uh, Barry Katz used to own it. Nice. And he's from Boston. And when he moved to New York, it was like a club for Boston comics to go and work out. That's that was the the theory at least. It, right. it turned into something else, but it became the Eastville Comedy Club eventually. Yeah, it became yeah. the Eastville Comedy Club. So yeah, I, ne- I never, I've never lived in New York. I, I've gone back a lot. I was dating a girl a while, and I would you know go a few weeks at a pop. So I kind of missed that experience. I do think that that was like my next thing was to go to New York, which I still think I might have to do and just get up like twenty times a week. Just, yeah, I mean, I, I do as much as I can here, but but you spent you know, you know in your early years, you obviously would travel to Manhattan, so you were yeah, we we'll go there a lot, yeah, yeah. Stuff, but from Absolutely. a professional standpoint, it was not really your playground. No, no, it was just where I started, and then Boston is where I you know fertilized and, it. And so the Conan thing, yes, that was your first TV uh, something that happened to you from a TV related standpoint. Yeah, yeah, how did that all come about, and 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 what was that like? Was it something? Was was there an expectation of yours of like I got to get on a, one of these TV shows, or did it just kind of uh, happen? It just kind of happened, you know. And I, I look back at the set, and I, I think I, I think it went well, but I looked at the set recently, and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's tough, you know, like. It was fine, but it was tough to watch. What happened was I did the Chicago Comedy Festival. This is going a while back. And um, it was going well. I did. I had one really bad set at the, at the, the Chicago Comedy Festival. I just was nervous. It was this black room in Chicago. And I, like, Chicago uh, audiences are great, you know. But, I was going to say, I bet you do very well in Chicago. But there's this little thing with the, the black. With Chicago and New York already have a, there's like a thing, you know, like... Uh, and, um, Do we look like we would know? No, we have no idea. <laughs> well, no, you know, Chicago's a second city, so, yeah. you know. Oh, they I have think, a thing against each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah like, gotcha. it's, it's not as bad as New York and Boston, but it's a little thing. And, yeah. And, and then black people from Chicago, uh, they, they are like, they have that perfect mix of being metropolitan, but also having that, that country, that southern sensibility, whereas New York, we lost it. Like, we're just... The southern sensibility is gone because... Yeah, we're kind of like... We're too far up. We're like... Caribbean and regular black with like Latin stuff mixed in, and we 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 still have like the connection, but we're not we're not as southern. It's you don't hear it in our speaking. And you're all more that kind stabby of stuff. and less have some lemonade. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> we're more like yo son as opposed to uh, you know y'all come back now. You know? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I have a bad set, whatever. That that set ends with me going fuck y'all, right? And I drop the mic, <laughs> and then the guy what, hosting wait, before that. Ninety nine point nine percent clean. You drop the mic with a fuck y'all. Yeah, it was going bad, right? So, <laughs> and uh, I, I wait for the swear word of my closer. And then it, <laughs> when I tell everyone to stick it, and I remember the guy hosting. Jo- uh, I think his name is George Wilborn. Great comic. He had to clean it up, and he's making fun of me, and I'm leaving. I'm I'm all upset. And then my next, I had another show though. So I, then I go to Zany's, and I do a show. Same day. Same same, same like night. like a, like a half hour later. Half hour later. I I do really well at Zany. Some guy comes up to me who, who I don't even know. I can't even remember who it was. He's like, I just saw you fucking at that other place. He's <laughs> like, this was great. Now I get it. You know what I mean? Anyway, the next day, uh, two days later, I'm back in Boston for these Conan uh, auditions. That um, you know, it's interesting now. I'm realizing something because it was at this place called the uh, the Hong Kong, the Comedy Studio, which is like the alt scene in Boston, and I. I'm just now realizing that I sh- the alt scene was 
the seeds were being planted right then, and I should have yeah. stayed really close to the alt scene because they. I, I had friends in that scene. I was cool with them. I, I, I'm just not realizing that even then the industry had started to go to the alt scene yeah. to, to 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 get talent. So I'm I'm about to go on. Everyone's nervous. Everyone's taking this stupid advice. I forget who gave it to us. Stuff like when you get on stage for the Conan people. Uh, you know, just go right into your set. They don't like it when you say, hey, how's it going? You know, like dumb stuff like that. Like, if you need to say, how's it going? Say, how's it going? But why, how I was so relaxed is literally like five, ten minutes before my set, um, a guy walks up to me. He's the booker from Conan. And he says, I saw you in Chicago last night. You were great. And he, he just was like, you were great. And uh like this, almost like insinuating this was a formality. Yeah, right, so, right, right. Sorry, this is the same I just got to bring you said, in to do this. This is the guy that saw you... Take no, not it? that guy. Not uh, that guy. Oh, okay. he, he 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 just saw me at Zany's. He saw you at the good a few nights before. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was like, "You were great," and I felt bad because everyone's so nervous. My 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 comedy friends and I'm like, mm. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard, but I was great in Chicago. The I other got night, this. So. Yeah, and so then I do really well, and then I get a call at work. Um, I was at working at a, a company called, uh, well, they they were called Digital. They may have changed their name at that point. Uh, Digital became Compact. So I was either working at the time for Digital Compact or like Staples corporate office, but I was doing Y2K stuff. So I was literally just going through code and making the, the two, digit, yeah. two digits, four digits, that kind of stuff. You were trying to stop the world from collapsing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Very important stuff. <laughs> and so I get a call at work, you know, from the Conan people. They were like, oh, we, you got a date. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And I hang up the phone and I'm very excited and, you know, pump my fist and that's it. Yeah. Now, TV is obviously a lot different when you first take the stage for television, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and, uh, and the one thing about Conan thing is, I should say, there was a little detour. Like, I'm in Boston at that time, but I had just moved back to Boston from L.A. Oh. Okay. So I actually moved to L.A. It was only for six months. I went to grad school. So you visited. Yeah. I was going to grad school at USC. Okay. I was going to get an MBA, and I was still doing comedy. Grad school is not that tough, but it's kind of tough. Like, everyone there was really smart and- you got to want to learn when you go to grad school. Yeah, and the There's tests, no fucking around. Well, the tests are really hard. It's like, uh, it's not like they all look like they're the right answer. You know, like when you're an undergrad, it's like... Uh, you could argue that any of these are it's correct. Like, <laughs> it's like the, the choices are like cheese, green, eight, and fan. And you're looking for a number. You go, oh, it must be eight, you know. Yeah. But in grad school, they all look like the right answer. But I was doing all right. But I left grad school because uh, this girl I was dating in Boston... Maybe she had her own reasons. She was like, what are you doing? You a comedian or you? what are you doing? I was like, you're right. So I left grad school. I had a and job. you left it, grad school and left her? Left grad school. And her? No, no, I went back you're to right. be with her in I'm Boston. No, we, I went back to be with her in Boston. I had a job in the Bay Area lined up. So my life could have been any. Yeah. I had a job lined up in the Bay Area to do project development. But at the same time, well, so I, I go to the Bay Area. Am I doing comedy or am I doing project development? Am I? But who knows? I could have hooked up with like. Zuckerberg, I don't know. I don't think I don't like to think about right, it. But right. uh, I go back to Boston, and my goal was I need to get on TV before the people I was in school with graduate and get their MBA. And that's like, a good goal. Yeah, to make so, it, to make them see like, yeah, no, I was correct when I. So yeah, my Conan was about like a month after they graduated. So that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Those fucking book learners. 
<laughs> they showed just, them. Just so the listeners understand, that's not normally how it works. You don't no. go. You don't have a planned date <laughs> yeah. to get I'm going to do Conan next month, and then you get to do uh, yeah, Conan yeah, next month. Yeah, television doesn't really go along with your plans, per se. You not just happen to... Uh, but you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly making those kind of plans. But and, that's okay, And too, I don't get do discouraged. That. I just keep making them. That's keep, fine. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think the more optimistic and positive you are and, and goal-oriented you can be in this city, yeah. the better off you'll, like, I you'll a, feel anyway like, i bought a suit in mm. where was i korea i got a suit made uh custom made it was me i was with burton and uh jimmy schubert right and we yes. all got suits and i and you know my name is inside the suit and i'm like this is my letterman suit <clears throat> i won't wear the suit until i do letterman i've never done letterman i missed that window but the suit i get back home the suit fits okay it's my letterman suit i'm waiting and waiting then I, i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna do letterman my little brother has a med school interview and he needs a suit and I give him my Letterman suit, and he wears that to his med school interview. He gets into med school. And I feel good because the so suit- it's a med school suit. It became the med school suit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, I know we're probably- sp- No, we're, we're fine. Okay, cool. So, so um, I, I'm always intrigued by people's, uh, you know, th- their first experiences. So yeah. your first experience in television, I mean, yeah, you get it, but you, this is not a world you're in. So walking in to say, okay, now it's time to go on TV, yeah. it's not like it's time for another set at a comedy club, it's right? It's tough, or- yeah. It's, it's, but the band was laughing, so that helped. I got bumped my first time. Okay, so Ooh, you're sitting in the back. Now, huh? did you get bumped previous, or did you actually have to go, <clears throat> sit through it, assume you're going up, and then they eventually come in and go, you know what, you're not going up? Yeah, like I was there, my family was there, and it was, uh, I, I, saw this, I saw him recently, I forgot to mention it to him. I can't believe, I don't know why I forgot this, but Adam Sandler was on. <clears throat> and Vince McMahon, and they just both went long, and then they came to me and they're like, ah, "You got bumped." And then, but they sent me and my family to Ruby Foo's, which is a really nice uh, Chinese restaurant. At the time, I was getting into Chinese food big time and Thai food and everything. My siblings they didn't get it quite, so we went there and they ordered like chicken wings, some garbage, <laughs> and I ordered some really good spring food. rolls. <laughs> and they sent it was me, my 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 English teacher from high school, who I'm still really good friends with. Her, her husband and my family, and because none of us are drinkers, they were so stoked. Like when they got the bill, they actually <laughs> called me. They were like, they were like, we sent you all out to eat, and it was nothing. It was I was like, oh yeah, well we you know we ate. Alcohol is ninety percent of every <laughs> right. Yeah, right. You don't drink. The bill is like fourteen dollars. <laughs> they were so happy. It was like. <clears throat> Who knew that that would actually trigger them to be like to actually? We got to have Dwayne back again because if we bump him, it only costs us ten fifty, right? <laughs> to send forty of his family members out to eat. So how long between the bump and uh, getting back on? About three weeks. Okay, you know, but but is that nerve wracking? Yes, I feel like I would just be sweating that a entire little, three a weeks. Nerve wracking, but did you ever at one point go? Maybe I'll never get on because this is nah, my shot. Never, now. never. But okay. my, like my mom. It made me think I should be more like my mom, and which I am naturally, and I, I still struggle with that today because my mom is the type to tell nobody anything. She tells you nothing because uh, because she's afraid <laughs> some people are wishing against her, which I think is a real thing, right? It is. So a you real tell thing, like yes. a thousand people I'm going to be on Conan, and eight eight hundred are happy, and two hundred are like fuck that guy, yeah. and then you get bumped, and you're like, I wonder if those two hundred people were praying every day that I got bumped. <laughs> so now you're like. I'm not telling anyone anything. Tell but then, it airs. But then no one knows anything, and you got stuff going on. That, that dude, the, we talk about this a lot on the show, is like the, the fine line of self-promotion and sounding like a fucking bragging asshole. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's a fine line. Because again, you do have stuff going on, and you want there are people that follow you online, social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, that do give a shit. But right. you're right. 
like I have 5,000 friends. You think all 5,000 of those people are like, God, John, we want you to succeed. Right. No, there are some that are like, I fucking hated you in high school and yeah. I fucking hate ah, you even more I'm now. only following and you to I watch you fail. Cannot wait till you implode. Oh, you didn't yeah. get last comic standing? Ha ha, fuck you. Right, like, right. You and I, I saw Method Man on, what show was it? It was some talk show. It was like, I like Method Man. Jimmy Kimmel or something with the other Wu-Tang clan members. It was like four or five Wu-Tang members and Method Man. And uh, whoever the host was, they were like, so Meth, uh, now you've got a new show coming out with Redman this year, right? And the other Wu-Tang member, they turned to Meth, they were like, what? He was like, oh yeah, I didn't tell you guys yet. And I was like, well, if Meth isn't telling the well, other Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang members. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't need to be telling anybody on Facebook anything. Right, right. The, do you feel like this is uh, that because you went through the dry run of Conan when you got back the second time, it was, le- it was, it was more familiar to you? So you're like, oh, yeah. I know all this part of the process leading up to this part. It definitely helped. Did it make I mean, you kind of feel like, all right, I've already... I, familiar I'm with the crew. The green helped. room, definitely. all the other yeah. crazy... Absolutely. You know, I was still, I was still a little nervous on stage, and I never got a chance to walk out there. And I still had nerves, but it helped a lot. And I went second. So, like, uh, the, all my comments have been great because they haven't really sweated. They, they've never swept me on time. It's always been like, if it's five-ish. Ish, oh, wow. They've been like, okay, that's good. Because usually they want like four and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. They've yeah. been, and I went second on, the, so comics always, you know, 80, 90% of the time you go last. But going second is kind of cool because it was almost like you are definitely not getting bumped this time. You yeah, know, we're no, gonna, that's you're gonna go exactly. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that's the old they didn't run up a huge tab over at Ruby Tuesdays or right, whatever. Right, right. <laughs> now I want to bring up something about because um, obviously the way I met you was at a lot of not a, not great rooms. Yes, so, yes. Um, you, 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 going back to the earning the stripes thing, I think one of the things that speaks volumes about who you are is the fact that you you roll with it, like you never. You never get overly arrogant about the fact like I don't belong there. And you know what I'm talking about. There's some people that are either saying flat out, no, I'm not going to do that one. Or right, they come right. to the room and they treat everybody like crap because they believe that they're oh, above yeah. the place that they are in exactly, that moment. Exactly. And then just everybody else that's there is like, so are you just saying that we're all not worthy of whatever element that you're in? But you've always kind of taken everything, every step along the way, no matter how much more successful you've been in comedy, you've always stayed the same person. Where does that grounding come from with you? Uh well a few things I think it's um one you know I think I'm funny you know and I, I know I'm a pretty good writer and all of that stuff but like it's just something about those family members you know that are funnier than you <laughs> that like yeah. you just feel like a, like I would never say I'm a fraud like I think I've I've I earned things and all that but you know you 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 still have that little bit of a like maybe I am a fraud just because. What if people figure me out? I'm I know not people. As funny as... I know people funnier than me. I know there's always someone better. So I think that that kind of helps a lot. And also, I'm from a place where like um, when all the smoke clears, I know I'm, I'm seem like a nice guy. But when all the smoke clears, it's like, can you beat my ass fighting? That's all that matters. So like, I can big time you, but if I can't beat your ass, what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. So. That's that's where I come from. Like, I, I think you have to respect everyone as a man, and that's where like I love New York comics, but they get a little weird with that like hierarchy and just the belief and all comics. But you see where it's like, oh, don't talk to that guy. I don't talk to, th-. and I get in trouble because sometimes I I forge friendships. Maybe I shouldn't, but I've I've never been the type of guy that wanted to it to be based on comedy only because comedy is only half the story. Like you're a man or a woman, I'm a man or a woman, so. We've got to respect each other just on that, you know? And um, so I think that's why I don't have that, that attitude because um, 
I think LA and, and comedy in general, it's not a place where people, I think people underestimate where it could go. And I don't think it, I don't, I don't think it's common for people to fight, but it, I just always think it could go there. So that helps me just treat everyone with, with, with respect, you know? Well, I mean, it's also, I mean, listen, at any given night, there's a lot of waiting around. Yeah, right? There's yeah, a lot yeah. of just sitting around. You can either get inside your own head or now smartphones because that's pretty much whatever. It's so funny to see comics now. Yeah, it, yeah. Like the up-and-coming comics. It started like, with no. Drake. Remember you see, you see Drake at radio stations looking at his BlackBerry oh, doing really? his little freestyles and yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about like behind – like the, I, we, we, I talked about this a couple weeks ago and the fact that um, – I see the up and coming comics. They, they, a lot of them, their faces when they're not on stage are buried in their smartphones. Like there's, the yeah. communication is not as the way it was. We only had our notebooks. Like exactly. that's it. We exactly. didn't have anything else. And you all really was in notebooks, notebooks was your so material. Long. Yeah. So you look at that, and then yeah. you're forced you to talk to the other. You were on Facebook the whole time, right, and then oh, right. I'm up next. Okay, and you exactly. put Facebook down exactly. for a sec. Go and, on stage and then get back on Twitter the and, minute you're off. And I tell you, if you're in a place where you are the big dog all the time, then you you, you have to adjust that too. You know, you you. You have to be in very, you know, various situations where maybe you're the big dog, maybe you're the little dog, and I think that's where the that's where the growth comes. And and um, I think I'm trying to adjust that now. I have been in too many situations where I look around and like I'm the most senior person. You don't want that to happen, anyway. You know, that's why it's good going to like the comedy magic. <laughs> right. You're at a comedy magic club. You're in a green room and like. George Wallace is there. Yeah. Gary Shanlin walks in. And you're, you're like, like oh, okay, all right. I got yeah, it. you're like, well. <laughs> I'm a young buck. <laughs> yeah, right. I can learn I can do 10 guys. push-ups. Right, right. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to perform in town? Uh, well, you know, I just, I think Comedy Magic is my favorite place to hang out um, because of the green room, because of the food is great. And the guys like Gary Shanlin or Adam yeah. Sandler might stop People by. People that stop in there. It's pretty and, fantastic. Um, so yeah, do I mean, you like, still that's like I, that's that part of the Leno. comedy environment? Do you still get excited when like people that you are familiar with right, are right. around? Does that still matter to you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's guys, you you don't get to see these guys because you get to a point where like like you know John and and you, well, you guys are doing the role, right, Brian? And you don't see guys that you came up with anymore. So now, when you have when you go to like an in town show, you get to see them. Yeah, and you get to connect with them. So I, I like that aspect of it a, a lot, actually. And um. Yeah, I like I like hanging with comics. I don't what I don't really like, and I don't really protest against it. I don't like young comics, and I, we 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 were all this at some point. But I don't. I'd rather not be around young comics who know nothing but think they know everything. That's that's the one formula I don't. Or they're always on. Or they're always on. Oh yeah, that's oof. that's a bit much. Yeah, that's a bit and much. I think that goes for I know older comics that are like that too. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah and you're just like, oh, you're gonna you're still doing your set, huh? <laughs> all right. Well, we've been out in the patio for a good hour and a half now, but. Right. Yes, it, this has been entertaining. And a great thing is that we, you still laugh on a patio. It's just a different type of Oh, no, yeah, but you're, la- you're laughing with your fr- friends yeah, and other people, yeah. and you're sharing stories that, that really, I mean, you know, when you're in a f- any field, any kind of profession, it's like firemen can tell firemen stories to other firemen because other firemen will get it. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, they'll understand whatever the situation is, whereas comics can have those conversations that they can't go home for Thanksgiving and tell their aunt about. or Because their oh, aunt's God, not going to fucking yeah. understand. They're exactly. just going to be like... What? I don't understand. How come you're not in a movie yet? Have you thought about getting on TV? And you're like, oh my God, I'll kill everybody here. Yeah. My, mom, my mom keeps telling me to, to just connect with Tyler Perry. That's her whole... 
every time I told her, you know, you need to get with Tyler Perry. Uh, is your mom oh, serious? serious? What? No, she's so serious. You don't need that at all, dude. What do you? T- I mean, <laughs> but she has a point. He's he's got he's got long paper. You know he's, what I mean? He's, he's but, built an empire, but in yeah, a yeah, factory yeah. in Atlanta. I mean, are, are any of those things appealing to you? It's like. Just, You're like money is appealing. Right, right. Money, <laughs> like money. Yes. fame is good. How long, how long you been doing stand up now? Uh, you know, it's like man, I think it's twenty years. Okay, yeah, it's it's crazy. And when yeah. did you but start full time? Sa- like fifteen, six, maybe fourteen, something like that. Yeah. And when did you start saying I want to? I want to branch out. I want to start writing. I want to write scripts. I want to. I want to start well, uh, doing other even, things. Even before I came to LA, but definitely when I came to LA. But because before I came to LA, I I always had a full time job. So you know, but even when I was in Boston with my full time job, I started taking acting classes. So I was trying to, you know, dabble a little bit. I remember. I remember that time being so hectic, like. I remember having a girlfriend, working out, taking acting classes. The problem is we, we didn't have the same gym, and we had different acting classes, too. So you never saw her? Yeah, we didn't see her, and it didn't work for a lot of reasons. But I remember, like, I never could just do a load of laundry. I always I remember, like, I would always, like, literally do my laundry, and it would be in the machine, all like, all day while I was at work. And... Not my, not my own. Like it was a, it was a group laundry. Like, so right, everyone's right, like, right. when is this yeah. fucking asshole gonna <laughs> right. move his clothes to the dryer? Right. Exactly. So I would have hated to live next to you. It was a, it was a hectic time. Um, but yeah, I started to branch out. Bobby Kelly actually is the one who I went with his acting teacher. Like that's, that was my first real acting. Before that, I looked like in a phone book, and I a uh, phone book. You hear that, kids? And I would go, yeah, yeah. I would go take acting classes with these guys. Uh, I think they were gay couple two dudes and uh i would just go to their house with other people yeah. and uh today we're gonna act like we're not wearing shirts right. <laughs> all right I, I don't even know if they're alive in, anymore but that's what started and i wish i had video of that because i'm sure i was awesome i was so bad <laughs> like i i even i felt like it was horrible it was, it was like You're like i am not good at this completely horrible. <laughs> so then uh i went with a guy named peter kelly who <clears> i know through <throat> through through Bobby Kelly, who's a really good actor. Bobby Kelly's a really good actor. They're not related, are they? No, not at all. They're not related. But uh, that kind of... So I was like planting the seeds and, you know. I wish... My only hope, wish is that I did even more back then. Okay. But I realized that I wasn't wasn't lazy. I just didn't have, you know, a lot of time. Do you, um, having done it so long... Yes. The road. Is it become a grind? Or do you still enjoy it? Are you more selective? Like, how do you, how is the road to you now yeah. at this, this I've never this burnt point? out. I've never okay. burnt out because I don't do the road quite as much as other people. And when you do it, you yeah. don't get blackout drunk. You don't fucking right, right. spend a weekend and all your paychecks on cocaine. And no, I don't do any of those things. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I really just go to Starbucks and work out. So it's, it's just, I'm just doing what I always do in a different place. Okay. Kinda. He leaves his laundry in for the whole weekend <laughs> yeah, right. at that point. So wherever you're at, you're in the laundry <laughs> center. And I do a lot of international stuff, which is still fun for me. Okay. Going uh, overseas. Yeah, you were, weren't you just overseas with Schubert? Yeah. Uh, no, no, that was a while ago, but I was just in Amsterdam. Oh, cool. Amsterdam and, and Rotterdam. How and, was that? Belgium. It was great. And you don't great. smoke pot, huh? No. Oh, no. But I feel like that's just a... <laughs> I mean, it's not a wasted trip because I'm sure you yeah. had fun and did a lot of stuff besides go to the red light district and get high. But yeah, well, you know, my thing is, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people listen to podcasts now, so I can't really, you know. Oh no, no, uh, yeah, I, uh, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm I've grown as a person because, like, now I don't I don't judge a place by if I if yeah if I if I meet a, a lady like ten years ago if you said oh how was Paris. 
And I was like, oh, Paris is great. That only meant I met a girl in Paris. That's all right. 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 <laughs> it wasn't like I went to the Louvre. And right, I, went to the, right. I experienced things. Yeah. Yeah. How was Paris? Paris sucks. That means I didn't. I didn't meet a girl in Paris. Yeah, Paris, That's, <laughs> Paris is a bunch of dikes. Wait, what? Now Toledo, on the other hand, Toledo is right. awesome. Jesus, yeah, guys, Boise, Idaho. Let me tell you what. So I'm, 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 I'm out of that now. So yeah. now, if you ask me how a place is. I'm judging it based on the place, actually, and not what happened. Who knew you could travel the world and experience things? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Outside of, is there a woman over there? Yeah. I probably should talk to her. But that's, Which is not saying you should stop doing that. No, right, but right. also but, at the same time, like that, that because that was never my style, my style, because it wouldn't work. I couldn't go meet people because I was too busy. Like, what? We can get drunk in the town square and like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Just Does like, every town a, have a square? It's a square. Okay. Like, some of them are octagonic. Especially, especially in Europe. <laughs> the yeah. It's a lot yeah, of town my first, My yeah. first night in uh, in London, I fell asleep on the Piccadilly Circus. Oh, that's awesome, The fountain. Dude. I just passed out on the that steps. That's awesome. And they're like, dude, you got to go. And I was like, yeah, Impossible. Stumbled, <laughs> stumbled off into the night. When I realized you could buy a bottle of wine and sit out in public with it, yeah. Yeah. And a restaurant had to uncork it for you. I was like, well, we're going to get some bottles. They had to. You yeah. have to uncork it. Well, I was like, I need a cork. Like, just yell yeah. at people. In England, oh, they, they go so hard. They they go. They laugh at us because we have a two-drink minimum. They've they, never, they, that, they, don't they, even, don't even, they can't even comprehend it. Like, like, what does that even mean? Why like, would you do that? Why would you have any drinks? drinks. <laughs> yeah, why would you? If you're not going to have be able to have more than two, why have any? Yeah. Translation. Um, we're alcoholics. Oh, oh, <laughs> No, tra- translation in London, you don't have to change too much for the audiences over there, right? That's always a fear when you... No, you got to sometimes change your pacing, but they, they get it. They get it. It's, it's, a... it's more connected. The world's more connected now, right? Yeah, That's one of the things. definitely, definitely. But London is, not, London is pretty cosmopolitan, but England, you, you, you find yourself in two types of shows. Yeah. Uh, a really hip show where you, you don't want to, uh, you want your laughs per minute to be lower, actually, because if you go for it... They'll be like, "Oh, this guy's trying too hard." You want to just be cool, or really shows that we would think of as hacking. You got to really just go for it. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, extreme. you're from the town over? I'll speak slower." Wah, wah. Yeah. You got to do all that. Kinda. And it's not like like here we 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 get in a plane, we fly four hours, and we're like, "Okay, we're in Middle America. Let's this slow down." Things are different. There, you get on a train, you go an Half hour, hour, and it's <laughs> completely different. Yeah. We all live on farms and have to have toothpaste. Where was the hardest place overseas for you to adapt? That you were like, "I got to adapt uh, uh, a lot here." You do mostly expat stuff, obviously, right? M- mostly you are, expats, so. yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I've, I've had fun everywhere. I, okay. I've had fun. Every- I think parts of England can—I forget which towns—but parts of England can be tough. Yeah. It's because it keeps changing your mindset because you assume you're in one area and you're one place, if you will, in general, and you're like, well, how yeah, much different yeah. could it be from place? Plus, to if place? there's a hen party, which is a bachelorette party, Ooh. they can get crazy. So it's say, no different say, than over here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a hen that's party. I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna start using they call that. Them hen parties. Some we got 12 hen parties in there. Like, well, I'm canceling the show. Goodbye. So tell me about this. Uh, uh, I, you were talking before the show movie. Yeah, yeah. Now this tell me. So this is something that you created. Is this something that you wrote? Yes, you produced, yes. You're it's, starring it's, in. What it's is so this? crazy? You know, in our business, like you ha- you write all these things, you do things, and you never you never know which one is gonna become a thing. Yep. Right. And so this has become a thing. The guy I write with named Koji Sakai, uh, we he's super prolific. He actually has, I think, th- four movies on Netflix that he okay. wrote oh, wow. on his own. Good for him. He's, 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 a, he's a machine. He's a, like, we're writing a book now, and uh, like I write a chapter, he writes a chapter. And like literally, I give him my chapter... And like, as my hand is coming back, he's, he's got giving, his. He's, yeah, yeah, it's it's and Sam, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> right, right. So um, he had an idea to 
produce a movie. And it's weird because I, I, I like the story and everything, but in all in all honesty, the movie came out of uh we had some restraints and from those restraints we created a story that would fit into that into those so the restraint was let's make a movie for five G's. Okay. I'm like, well how do you do that? And he's like, Well, here's how my friend did it. It has to be one, one location. location. Yeah. And you have to be off book for the whole movie. We 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 ended up not doing that. But initially it was gonna be one location and I was going to just do it like a play with three camera setups, the whole thing. Um, and I was down for that, but we ended up getting more than $5,000. And and um, and you're happy with that, right? I am. Cause I'm, I, I, I'm thinking yeah, yeah. not I'm one more. I'm thinking you got a better movie out I, of I would the, never hear something. I'm doing really a, upset they gave us a lot more money. But that you didn't so. have to do this on, off book, three camera, no, on that a was, stage. It like, was, you know, honestly, like I was looking forward to it to have the story, but it, it would have been. It would have been so incredibly hard. To yeah. So we end up getting more money. It's still 80% one location. Right. But we get out of that location uh, a few times. And we have a trick. We have a, like a little documentary thing. So we get out of the room. I'm, I'm locked in a room. Um, it's called Dying to Kill. Okay. It's a play on. Uh, I'm, I play a comedian who's pretty hacky at this point in his life. Um, so on hacky. the verge of trying new material, but too afraid. Yeah, too afraid. To make and, that jump. And actually, when, when you meet me, John is in the audience. John is in the movie, and he's the heckler who's like had enough of my hacky dick jokes, and he heckles me, and that goes viral because we we get into a fight. We actually we actually took out the n word, you know that? Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God, dude. He called me up. He's like, "Hey, man, I don't know how you feel about this, but I wrote this movie, and we're gonna make it, and I got a part in it that you'd be perfect for." And I was like. Oh, dude, of course, anything for you. Send it over. He sends me the script. He's like, you're like in the first scene, you're the heckler. And the first thing this guy does is scream the N-word at him. And I'm like, oh, you wrote a part you thought of me, huh? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And the whole time, like, there's other black people there. And I know we're acting. and I, But it is just such an uncomfortable word. You know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, I'm like telling the audience, I'm like, look, guys, just so you know, I'm friends with Dwayne. I know I look like I live on yeah, a farm yeah, and right, fucking... Right. <laughs> punch anybody who might be brown skin but the thing is it's not me so and i felt bad for that because we we put it in thinking uh because basically he heckles me right and i'm 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 at my low point creatively and when he heckles me he gets the best of me i attack him it goes viral and now it's my opportunity to to like take this moment of attention and really come back with better material and instead of doing that i do the same hacky stuff so then a crazy fan who we don't know, it might be John, it might be someone, kidnaps me. Okay. I wake up in a room chained and it's like, you have four chances to make me laugh or uh, each time someone else you love is going to get hurt or killed. Kind of like Saw meets... Uh... Saw meets meets uh, Misery, meets the King of Comedy. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So, and, uh, and the thing is, when we, we wanted to motivate me jumping into the crowd. That's why we had John say the N-word. But... When we got into the uh, when we started editing it, we realized well, if he says the n word, then I'm I have justification. Oh yeah, dude! Everyone yeah. in the crowd should turn around and start right. beating on me. But what we want is we want we don't want that. We want you, John, as the heckler, to be right, to be one hundred percent right, and that's why I jump into the audiences because great, he's right. I'm 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 up here doing dick jokes. My character, you know, he's hacky, and you got it. This guy's calling me out on it. And fuck him for calling me out. And that's why I jump into the crowd. So, you know, I, I never really, I don't know who wrote the N-word in. I don't think it was me. Uh, oh, every, everything I do, I do. you found out, I improvised that and was like, oh, it was, I thought it was in the script. And they were <laughs> no. like, no, dude, no, that's nowhere in the script. No, no, we uh -oh. put it in. But I, I don't think, I don't think, 
I don't think I put it in, but I'm not sure. Like when I write things, I try to with people, I try to pretty quickly forget who wrote what. Okay. Because it's like a team effort, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we decided we didn't need it. So. But that's um, great, and I and I I like that you found that in the edit where you were like, we want the guy to be right, and we want you to be. Yeah, I mean that to me that's great. Yeah, and, and plus and I don't it, look like a huge giant. And so uh, on yeah, it's camera. it's, it's like, we call it a comedy horror, but it's more like a comedy suspense. Is and, this your uh, full, first full production that you've done for yourself? Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, feature length, obviously. Feature length, yeah. And um, we thought we were going to come under time, but we're we're good with the time, and now we're going out to festivals, and we'll see. So and it it's, is. It's, it's edited and pretty much done. You got yeah, the music yeah, it's, in it's and everything. Picture locked. The score is being done now. That's it's a lot of work to make a movie, isn't it? It is so much work. Versus just writing it, getting it is somebody so else, much work. or it is just so much acting, work. Yeah. letting everybody else Especially, run it. Especially, it's more work if you don't have a shitload of money, too. Right. It, because you just have to well, think you, about everything. And you're doing more. Yeah. If you yeah. had a shitload of money, you'd focus on acting, and you'd let somebody hire a production crew, and right. then you wouldn't have to go, what do you mean we're out of napkins? And right. then run around <laughs> right. and fucking exactly. paper towels exactly. for people. It's like, hey, and the team, my team, they did, they, they, they're so great. They allowed me to sort of... Um, get to a point where once we were started the uh, camera rolling I could I could only focus on acting and and the the amount of work after the fact is crazy yes and, and that's the boring work that's really yeah, boring and, it's tedious and, uh, yeah. the, the, the director Ray Lai who it's interesting because you picked the director me and Koji it was our our plan we put in a little money we got more money I, I said let's do it with this guy Ray he because I did something else with Ray and he made me look good so I'm like, well, Ray made me look good before. Let's have him do it Maybe again. Maybe he'll make me look good again. And it's it's it's, it's just such a trusting relationship because once you pick him, it's his movie. So you're picking him, but it's his movie. He takes it's, it over. It's one hundred percent his movie, yeah. and uh, he's done a great job. And and I, I just hope that I that I gave him what he needed, and I was you know. Well, that's that's yeah. where the trust is that you you now have a director, so he's directing you. So when he says, okay. We got it. You've got to assume or take that. Yeah. Unless you're going to be every shot, I'm going to need to see that. Right. Nope, you we're doing it yeah, again yeah. because then the movie's <laughs> going to take 10 years. Exactly. So it's like exactly. sometimes I've seen takes of myself where I'm like, oh, God, why did they use that right, take? But I'm like, right. I can only do what I'm told. I can only act to the best of my ability within a scene. Oh, yeah. And nothing beats doing it. So like even him telling me this is your mindset, do this, do that, like – there's some things I just wouldn't have been able to do that I could do right now, right? Because I've seen it, right? And 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 going through the process, and you know, there's some scenes I want I want back, yeah. But I, I don't get those scenes back, no, you do not. But I but I you know I take that learning, take that learning forward, you know. And you, so, do you see yourself making a lot more films? Yeah. Like, do you, is that now that you've been through the process? If you say I hope yourself, so, I hope so. Okay, it's okay. weird. It's like I, I I was writing this other movie, and because um, I've I've only like co-written movies i've never written a movie except the first movie i ever wrote in a class every other movie i've written with someone so i was gonna write this movie by myself and then i'm just busy with a bunch of stuff and i was like who am i kidding so i called koji to bring him in because i write with people so it gets done yeah otherwise i'll just keep putting it on the back burner you have someone else going yeah dude you got those pages you're like yeah yeah yeah, 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 i'll get them and then you (laughs) find time to get them you find time so koji Took the you know saw the idea that I had it's a zombie movie actually the second thing and he was like well let's make it a book and so now we almost we're almost finished the first draft of our, our book that we want to someday be a movie sure and what's great is that Koji uh, I I made one book already that I was just a collection of essays that I self published Koji has a book called Romeo and Juliet versus zombies and uh, so this was right up his alley 
and he had a, uh, a publisher already. So we kind of like I like he tacked me in on his deal. So now you know we have a publisher. It's not like this great advance, but just to know that okay, I give this book to someone, and it's gonna and, be, and they have to do some stuff. Yeah, I don't have to do everything with yes. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you have to write it. I have to write it, right? And then hope that it sells, but they'll help. Exactly, with all exactly. That. Yeah. So we're at. So hopefully that that might become a movie. I have some other. We actually we we actually have a lot of stuff. Koji and I have written four movies, okay, and a book, okay, and then I've written stuff with other people. So yeah, definitely, definitely want to you know make more movies. And um, so hopefully this one gets some legs. We sell it, gets into a festival, you know. But it's been it's been super like it's crazy being busy and like waiting for like planting those seeds and waiting for the thing to grow. Yeah, it's just it's like takes forever, man. Yeah, I mean what we uh. Must have been right before my yeah, because my surprise party was spoiled because of uh, of the movie. <laughs> like uh, I, that's uh, what it was. Well, yeah. Oh, I, is that right? I was turning forty, uh-huh. and my uh, then girlfriend, now fiance, uh, was planning a surprise party for me. And then I was I had a couple scenes to do in your movie, and she knew that they were happening that week and whatever. And so she planned it for Friday night at eight thirty because I didn't have any shots that night, and uh-huh. my brother was flying in from New York with his wife, and oh, it was all this whole no. thing, right? So. So Thursday, um, so like Wednesday comes up, you know, and she's like, so Friday, you have to do this thing. She's like, there's no way to shoot it earlier. And I was like, I don't know why you keep asking me about this. I've agreed to do a movie for a friend. He needs me there on these days. I'm not going to be like, hey, I know I said I'd do this, but fuck you. And I need to shoot her. Like, I start getting mad about it. I'm like, I'm like, you got to stop asking me because I'm not going to do it. What the fuck is so great about Friday night? And Saturday night, meanwhile, I'm set to like co-headline the improv with Jen Murphy. So I'm like. I'm like, we'll go out Saturday. It'll be fine. You know what I mean? And and then so uh, Wednesday, she's like, I'm, I got I to gotta tell you, your brother and his wife are here. We were going to have a surprise oh. party. I got down to your thing on Friday night, and I was out in five minutes, and I was back home by 7.30, and she wanted to be at that thing by 8.30, and it all would have worked oh, out perfectly. Uh-huh. But she told me because I was convinced that I'd be... In, oh, in Long Beach until like 11. So what he's saying is put the N-word back in. He's, so, right, right. he's earned, <laughs> He has earned his moment to shine no, I as mean, a racist. It was just so funny because uh, I can't remember who said to me, like, see, I told you I'd have you out in time. I go, in time? You told me I'd be here till like 10, 30, 11. Like, oh, is that right? And, like, and in my head, I was like, I didn't say this on set because I just didn't want to, but I was like, you ruined my surprise party. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, the next night was so great. They no, the next it. night they was fantastic. It. Yeah, it, yeah, it totally would have worked next, out if next, I... If that I, next night worked But you don't know that shit. And when you go to a set, you... I mean, look, I've done commercials where they're like, hey, you have one line, you say that one line, you're done at 8.30 in the morning, they keep you until 7.30 at night. Yeah. And I've done shit where they're like, hey, get dressed, come to set, 20 minutes later, I'm out of my wardrobe and I'm back on this road going home. It's like... It, yeah, usually, if it's a know. union spot, it's quick, it's on time, it's fast, it moves, and you're done quickly, and you make the most amount of money. Right, Non-union right. is like, here, sit in this folding chair, we'll be with you in 15 hours, have some peanuts. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> why do I do this? Can we have you back when the movie uh, is out and all absolutely, that stuff? Absolutely, absolutely, we'll yeah. yeah and, and actually, pretty soon, obviously, we'll let you know, John, we're going to have a, a screening for cast and crew. Cool. Uh, I, I wanna, I'll play you, when we get off, I'll play you the music that we have. Uh, we only have one song at the end. It's just it makes me laugh every time, and I can't. I shouldn't go on record saying it, but we wanted to get another song, and we couldn't get that song. It was too pricey, so we had a guy make another song. It was kind of like that song. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, is just, it like who you're gonna call <laughs> Spirit Getters? <laughs> There's a whole world out there of people that that's what they do. You know, that's the Transmorphers like, movie. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like Transmorphers, Atlantic Rim.
I want this thing to succeed. I want to see you continue to blow up. Big oh, fan thank of yours. You very so much. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Uh, you're John. one of the good ones in town. So we want to we want to see the rise to continue. Yeah, yeah. I, my 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 fingers crossed. I want to. I, I don't know if I should put it out there because some people. Uh, my Rude. nemesis. Nobody. Root, hey, anybody listening to the show? But John puts it out. So it's on John. It's on but John. But I wanted. I wanted to go to. I wanted to premiere. I don't know. I, I wanted to do what of the other producers want. So that's first and foremost. But I personally would like it to be at the LA Film Festival. Okay. Since we all live in LA, dude. We made it in LA. I think you get it. I think you get it. I was in a movie that won Best Picture at the LA Film Festival. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. So yeah. I mean. <laughs> You can do it. <laughs> right, Why are you right. laughing? Just because, I mean, I, I was in most of the movie. It's like, just, it's good. It's good. It's a good award. You, you don't want to say which one it is. No, no, it's garbage. Garbage won. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got a good shot. Right, right. Yeah. John, John's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, garbage yeah, is a great movie. It was yeah. just, it was just. Uh, there was a garbage um, truck at the premiere at uh, Man's Chinese Theater. <laughs> There was. Was that the one you were doing when you did the podcast? You had just got back from something uh, in Texas. Oh no, that was that hide and seek movie. Oh, okay, that's okay. almost done too. I was but say, cool. well, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, I did a. Uh, it's a independent uh, movie about an adult hide and seek or tag championship. That's oh, that's right. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was like improv, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Everyone says it's looking good. So, Dwayne, where can people find you? Um, uh, DwaynePerkins.com is the website. Uh, I got to have you on my, my podcast too, Brian. Uh, Movie Night is the podcast with Dwayne and TK. They can find that iTunes anywhere. TK Kelly. We, we, yeah, TK Kelly. And uh, yeah, DwaynePerkins.com, FunnyDP is a Twitter handle. And I uh, got some stuff coming up in uh, next year in Canada. Yeah. In, in Chicago. Not Chicago, Illinois. So Where at in uh, Illinois? Um, it's, it's like, it begins with an M. It's Mundaline. Mundaline? Mundaline. Is that how am I Jesus, saying it right? yeah. Anybody near Mundaline next year, go check out Dwayne Perkins. Great, <laughs> Great name for a yeah, city. February 12th and 13th, Mundaline for like a rock station. I'm doing a show. Perfect. And then I'm doing some stuff in Canada. Mundaline well. will be just how it sounds, just so you know. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like, get, you'll get out there and be like, oh, oh, yeah, if I was just discovering this place, I'd call it Mundaline. <laughs> <laughs> and what, where in Canada? What are you doing in Canada? Um, the weekend before that, fifth and sixth, I'll be Victoria Island, which is in oh wow, uh, which is in uh, Vancouver, and then I'm doing uh, a festival up there. Uh, last week of February, in, I think it's Kitchener, Kitchener, Waterloo. Uh, so, the, the the Waterloo Festival, the Kitchener Festival. Well, sounds cold. Yeah, Dwayne, super cold. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks thank for being you, on the show, man. Really appreciate it, and uh, best luck with uh, dying to kill. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe 